Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Well, Happy New Year. It's good to see you all. It's good to gather in the house of our Lord. Pray that you've been enjoying a wonderful holiday and uh, some special times with with family and friends this week. It's a new year, 2023, but in the church calendar, we actually are still in the season of Christmas. I'm sure we've all heard many one, maybe one too many times the 12 days of Christmas, the song that goes on forever. We're in those 12 days, the 12 days that begin on Christmas Day and take us all the way through January 6th, Epiphany, when we remember those wise men, those sages who came from the East following the star that they saw as it rose. And so we're still decorated for Christmas. But now that we're into 2023, it's probably tempting to think of Christmas as at least somewhat kind of in the rear view, especially with all the buildup and anticipation of Christmas. Sometimes as soon as it's over, we're ready to move on. And we know that life does move on. I think about how full this past week has been for so many people. All the things that have happened just since last Sunday. The births, the deaths, the hospitalizations, travel plans, and travel delays. It's been a busy and full week for many. And so last Sunday might feel like a long time ago. I think about what that first week after Christmas must have been like for Mary and Joseph how full and busy it must have been. We actually don't see anything in Scripture about that particular week, but we know that with a new baby, it must have been a busy time. It was a time when Mary and Joseph probably got to see some relatives, maybe distant as they were still in Bethlehem. We know that everyone from the house and line of David had gathered there. And since Mary and Joseph both descended from David, they must have had some relatives nearby. But they were away from home. They were away from what was most familiar. And so I'm sure in those busy early days, they just took things one step at a time. One of those steps, which we do read about, was the time that Jesus came to be presented in the temple. In keeping with the Old Testament law that required that every firstborn son who was considered uh, belonging to God needed to be redeemed. And we read in the story of Luke Uh, kind of a combination of stories having to do with purification and this redemption uh, that was required. Every firstborn male was to be consecrated to the Lord. And so this young couple needed to make a sacrifice in keeping what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, families who had the means were required to present a lamb. And so we see here that Jesus was by no means born into a family of wealth. Luke goes on to tell his readers that there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And so Simeon appears on the scene with with no introduction other than this one. But even in what we learn of him in this short passage, we we learn a few things. We're told he was righteous and devout. 
which is actually the same phrase that was used to describe Elizabeth and Zechariah, who had just six months earlier become parents of the one who would grow up to be known as John the Baptist, righteous and devout. We're told that Simeon had the Holy Spirit on him, which in those days was not consistently the case, even for those who were seeking to follow faithfully in the way of God. And we're told that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, a really interesting phrase. Maybe there's been a time when you have found yourself waiting for consolation. You've been disconsolate. You've been grieving. You've been needy. You've wanted someone to come along and, and console you, to comfort you. We think about those who are needing consolation. We think of those who grieve, who have suffered loss, those who are confused or distraught. We've all been there. We've all known the power of someone who reaches out to console. And this is where the entire nation of Israel found itself in that moment, in need of deep consolation. Israel had lost its greatness, its power, its prestige. It was oppressed by Roman overlords. It was a shadow of its former self. It had been centuries since Israel was in those glory days under the reigning kingdoms of Kings like David and Solomon, the luster of those days had tarnished and it found itself at a low point. People like Simeon were looking for consolation, not just for emotional comfort, but for the coming of a restoring Messiah, someone who would put things right, a king anointed with the power of God. They were longing for a rescuer in the line of David. And somehow it had been revealed to this righteous, devout man, Simeon, that he, with his own eyes, would see this long-awaited, long-promised Messiah. And one day, we're told, the Holy Spirit nudged Simeon to get himself into the temple courts. Simeon responded, and as he entered, he encountered Mary and Joseph, apparently just as they were bringing Jesus in to the temple courts themselves. Luke tells us that as The parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. If you look through the early chapters of the Gospel of Luke, you'll see that in the first two chapters, there are actually four hymns or praises to God that are present. We see earlier that Mary had sung of the wonder of God's provision and good plans when she heard from the angel Gabriel about the child that she was to bear. Zechariah praises God in song when John was born, and when Zechariah finds His mouth is open. He had been mute for months and was now able to speak. And so he breaks out in praise. Angels in the fields with shepherds sing praise to God on the night of Jesus' birth. 
And now it was Simeon's turn. And as Simeon sang a hymn of praise, he spoke of promises fulfilled. Now we might think of Simeon as an old man as we get a sense of this long-awaited promise, God's promise that he wouldn't die before seeing the Messiah, but we don't know for sure how old he was. We do get a sense that Simeon was likely waiting for a long time. It's quite likely that he was well on in years because upon seeing Jesus in the temple, he tells God, you can now dismiss me in peace. In other words, I'm ready to die. I'm done. I've seen what I need to see. Simeon praises God as the one who kept his word, who fulfilled his promise. Simeon has seen the Messiah face to face and is ready to go home. Now, whether Simeon was expecting a baby when God's promise was fulfilled to him or he thought perhaps this Messiah would would present himself as a regal king coming to ascend the throne of David, we don't know. But we do know that it was revealed to Simeon, not only that he should be in the temple that, that day, but that as he encountered this baby being carried in in the arms of his parents, that this was the one. He found himself consoled. He recognized that all of Israel was consoled through this baby. And Simeon declared, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon believed. He believed that God's promises to Israel would always include promises of blessing to the whole world through Israel. This promise to bless the whole earth through Israel, it's what, what are represented by this, these globes hanging from our epic storybook up here at the platform. That God would bless the whole earth through one nation. This light of revelation was too big, it was too bright simply to be for one group of people. God had kept his promise, not just his promise to Simeon that he would see the Messiah in flesh and blood, but his promise to the whole nation of Israel and to the whole earth. God had kept his promise to all of humanity that found itself deeply in need of Messiah ever since the days of Eden. And Simeon declared through his hymn of praise that the fulfillment of that promise had come. Had come that day in the form of an infant present there in the temple. And then Simeon went on to say some specific and rather troubling and somewhat cryptic things about this infant deliverer who had just arrived. Luke tells us that Simeon blessed Jesus' parents and said to Mary specifically, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So this day that Jesus was presented in the temple and Simeon found him there was a day of rejoicing, a day of promises finally come to fulfillment, a day of deliverance for Israel and the whole world. But Simeon went on to prophesy about dark days ahead as well. Simeon said there would be those who would rise with this child, but also those who would fall. 
There would be many who would speak against this one, even though he had come from God. This child would grow to become someone who would become something of a litmus test, something of a way to reveal what was the true nature and character of people as their heart-hidden thoughts were revealed in what they said about Jesus, how they responded to him, whether they followed him or not. And speaking to Mary, Simeon said that a sword would pierce her own heart. Later in the Gospels, by the time Jesus appears in the pages of Scripture as an adult, we see that Joseph, his earthly father, has vanished from the scene, apparently having died somewhere uh, during Jesus' adolescence. But Mary continues to appear in the Gospel stories, including in that scene at the cross, where she's among the women who grieve for the dying, crucified Jesus. And we wonder, could anything feel more like a sword, more like a stab in the heart than for a mother to see her son being killed in that way? Jesus came as a consolation, as the consolation of Israel, but he was one associated with deep sorrow, even as he brought rescue and relief and salvation. So Luke presents us with these scenes of people, these scenes from long ago, presents us with people responding to Jesus and pondering exactly who he was. People responding to the question, what child is this? It's fascinating that Simeon somehow seemed to know, was convinced by God's spirit, all the things that were wrapped up in this infant that he encountered that day. But when he told Mary and Joseph about their son, Luke says that the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Mary and Joseph marveled, even though Mary had heard the words of the angel Gabriel, all the things about her child, I'm sure had related every word to Joseph. The shepherds faithfully told and retold everything the angels had told them. All they had heard about this baby wrapped in cloths and found lying in a manger. But it was still so much to take in. As people heard about this baby, it was almost impossible for people to get their heads around all that was being said about him. And Mary, we're told, treasured up these things, pondered them in her heart. Her mind and her heart were already full. Even before they went into that temple that day and met this man they'd probably never seen before and heard him say these incredible things about their baby. About how he was a light for revelation, not just to Israel, but to the Gentiles. The glory of all God's people. It's not that there were any inconsistencies between what was told about Jesus, the things that Gabriel told Mary, the angels told from what they'd heard in the fields, things coming from the mouth of this devout man, Simeon. It all added up, but it was just so much. It added up to a lot. And even Mary and Joseph, the ones who had had probably the most time to ponder and consider these revelations, these prophecies, marveled at what was told, being told about their child. They marveled, even though they knew that the very birth of this baby was an absolute miracle. It could only be the act of God. They marveled, even though they knew better than anyone that 
This child had no earthly father, or no human father. Simeon encountered Jesus at the temple and received him, welcomed him for all that he was. He took in the sight of this infant and allowed all the implications of this child to wash over him. He soaked it in. Mary and Joseph heard repeatedly incredible things being told about Jesus, their child, and they pondered, they marveled. They continued to take Jesus in. They listened to what was being said about him. It was a lot to take in. Jesus was a lot to take in. And so my prayer is that in this continuing season of Christmas, we will continue to pause and to ponder and to take in all that Jesus is. To stop and consider, even if we're familiar with the Christmas stories, even if we're familiar with what happens when this child grew up and went on to live and teach and walk and die and rise again. I want to invite all of us in this season of Christmas, in this new year, to pause, to ponder, to reflect, to resist the urge to kind of fast forward the story to when Jesus is all grown up. And so I invite us to listen with Jesus' parents to the things that are said about their child. Let's take Jesus in and marvel together. I invite you to take a breath and listen. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we confess and we remind ourselves and each other that you are a lot to take in. We confess that a lifetime of hearing about you and about who you are would not be enough to truly understand everything. Lord, would you give us hearts like Simeon that we would see you and immediately recognize a savior, a Messiah, a consolation. May we recognize when we see you that we've seen all we need to see. Everything we truly long for is wrapped up in you. Jesus, we don't understand it all, but we do trust in you. And we praise God again for his holy gift. Amen.